I was strong. <laughs> we 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 say often we're not drinkers. Like <laughs> we are not <laughs> drinking. We are not. <laughs> What's up, y'all? It's your girl Cinderella, and I am back with another case. So today is a little bit different. I'm trying something new. Okay, the thing I'm doing different today is that my bestie is actually sitting here listening to me, and like I be talking to myself. Do y'all not realize I be telling myself jokes this all the time, and I be laughing. I need somebody else to laugh too. And if I like it, I might be pulling up on all my besties. Like once a month. Nothing extra. Y'all gonna hear me all the time though, okay? So, me and my bestie, we had friends miss with our kids today. And it was very cute. Catch us on our Instagrams. You can watch it. You feel me? It was really cute. We had a cute little friends miss. We went to a little drive through light show with the kids. I baked a couple goodies, you know. I had a couple mishaps in the kitchen, I will say. I had this cute little idea for some snowmen. And they just turned into melting snowmen. <laughs> but hey, the kids loved it and that's all that count. Um, currently watching Christmas movies while we record. So today's case is a... It's a murder. But it falls under kind of paranormal activity vibes going on but before we get into the case you know what we got to do it's time to identify a theme this episode's theme is going to be connection connection is a relationship in which a person or idea is linked or associated um, in terms of this story, we rely more, a little bit more on spiritual connection. And some connections are profound, inexplicable, and they often create a lasting impact on us. On February 21st, 1977, the fire department responded to a call about smoke in the corner of a suburban Chicago complex. The caller had predetermined the cause of the fire was in an apartment, but they couldn't pinpoint which apartment. But when the first responders arrived, they discovered more than a fire. When they reached the apartment, they quickly determined that the source of the fire was a mattress on the floor that was intentionally set on fire. Why? To destroy your dead body. The mattress was laid on top of a woman's naked body with a kitchen knife stabbed deeply in the center of her chest. Um, I think we gonna need the police on this because we here to put out fires. I don't know nothing about no dead bodies. The dead woman was found out to be a 47-year-old Teresita Bassa. Tara Cedar was a respiratory therapist that worked at the now defunct Edgewater Hospital. She was quiet, enjoyable, that got along well with her co-workers and hospital staff. She was a student obtaining her graduate degree in music from Loyola University. And as a little side hustle, you know, she gave out piano lessons. You ever took piano lessons? No. Really? My mom put me in everything, child. She was one of them parents that like, I'm going to just try to see if it stick. I did a little bit of everything. I had solo lessons, piano lessons, Spanish lessons, Girl Scouts, dance, cheer. Everything. Every fucking thing, okay? <laughs> Swim lessons. Like, I did everything. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I did hate piano lessons, though. 
Teresita was raised in the Philippines. She immigrated to America in pursuit of a degree in music. She was a strong woman who was set on making her family proud. She was the only child of some pretty wealthy parents. So I really don't know why she left the Philippines to come to America. Because you know you could be rich in your country. But when you come to America you be broke. That's lit what she was working with. She did not encounter many people who failed to appreciate her gentle spirit or comforting demeanor. The police was trying to figure out who would want to kill her. Because they didn't know her. And it like she a good person. She ain't really invite any danger into her day to day life. Like even the day she died, she went to work, worked a shift. About seven thirty, she was at home. Her homegirl Ruth called her, and they was shit chatting on the phone for like twenty, twenty five minutes, whatever. And Teresita was like, "I gotta get off the phone because I got this nigga coming over here." <laughs> Um, but Ruth ain't asked no real questions So it gave me like either you ain't a real friend vibes Like you ain't trying to be too nosy in her business like, Or Teresita wasn't getting no, no play like that for real And so they was like oh this nigga come to the house um, But Ruth ain't asked no questions Which is really sad because that could have just solved the murder off top but when the police interviewed her She ain't had no information to give She ain't know who was coming to the house She ain't know what it's coming to the house for So it's kind of like Okay who wanted to kill her So the police They were in, like investigating the scene of the crime Besides the fire It wasn't nothing out the usual You feel me like nothing was really stolen That they could initially see and pay attention to mm-hmm. They didn't take none of her goods But she lived a quiet modest life Ain't like she had that much shit to steal and even though she was naked, she wasn't sexually assaulted. So they they really just like made it look like something that it wasn't. So it really gave them more confusion. Like, okay, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, that's weird as hell. Literally did nothing. Came in, stabbed a woman, put a mattress on top of her, lit that bitch on fire, boom, left it, left it, kept it moving. They did notice it was one little note. Inside her apartment, like with her handwriting, that said, Get theater tickets for AS. So that was like, Maybe that's a lead. Maybe AS came and was like, Bitch, you ain't got my tickets and killed her. Um, but they couldn't find nobody in like the first or the second tier friendships with the initials AS. They done ran everybody's name in the hospital, and apparently, they couldn't find nobody with the initials AS. Now, these police, I be telling y'all they inadequate every episode. Literally, this this episode gonna show that sometimes we just don't need them motherfuckers. They get paid for fucking nothing. Right. <laughs> so the police were soon at a dead end, and Teresita's case was turning cold. Meanwhile, the loved ones of the slain Teresita Bossa were grieving their sudden loss, and it wasn't making it easier knowing that the police could not find the person responsible. Remy Chua was taking the loss unconsciously hard. And when I say friend, we're going to say loosely. Like, so, you know when you work your job and you got that one good person that you want to see all the time. But, like, if you go on vacation, they go on vacation. And, like, you going to call them or text them. But once you get back to the job, you're like, oh, my God, girl, I missed you. That's what kind of friends they was. So, not even friends for real. But, you know, loose associates. Mm. They worked at the same hospital. They were both respiratory therapists. They got along well at work. So, like I said, work besties. Um, as far as she knew, Remy was upset and a little disturbed by the murder of her work bestie. But she was in no way internalizing it. But, I mean, her co-workers mentioned, I mean, you got this the same table we sit at every lunch. So, she would go sit at the table mm-hmm. and would start rocking back and forth and humming. 
About six months later, after Teresita's murder, her husband was starting to see more intentional signs of grieving. She was starting to express her grief in her sleep. First, it began with night tremors and sweating. Then the nightmares started to happen. And y'all remember what I said in that girl on the milk carton episode? Y'all know how I feel about dreams. <clears throat> in synopsis, dreams you remember carry messages you should keep. But the thing is, Remy wasn't remembering her dreams. Um, she would know the aftermath, like the trembles, the shaking. She would know that, but she didn't remember like what the dream entailed. And it wasn't until her husband told her how strong her dreams were that she started to realize her connection to Teresita. Her subconscious mind was starting to reach a level of empathy that would soon open the door to the spiritual realm. And sooner rather than later. One night, Remy was asleep and her husband was up working late when Remy started exhibiting the signs of one of her nightmares. Dr. Chua wished it would have been that simple though because Remy started talking and it wasn't Remy's voice. Yo, it's Teresita. I need your help. Mm. This nigga killed me and I need you to go to the police to tell them that this nigga killed me. She left. Remy woke up, don't know nothing about it. Didn't. He was like, you was playing with me, right? Like, ain't no way you telling me that dead bitch that came in my house. I know I had the nightmare. I know I was shaking, but I don't know what you're talking about. He was like, yeah, that bitch that came through you and was telling me that this nigga named Allen killed her. You know Allen? And she was like, I do know Allen. Allen Showery. Alan Showery was an orderly at the Edgewater Hospital. So, yes, he worked at the same hospital as our victim, mm. A.S. So, how they know an A.S., but the police don't find an A.S.? If we're going to believe the truth, according to the spirit of Teresita, she said, it's the nigga that killed him. Mm. They didn't know how to deal with that. They was like, should we go to the police? Nigga, who the fuck about to believe you? So they ain't go to the goddamn police. They kept that shit to that motherfucking stairs. Because, bitch, you about to walk in that shit looking dumb as fuck. They gonna look at you like, don't get me wrong. I believe in messages being brought by spirits. But unfortunately, those are only conversations you have with enlightened people. And I ain't met one police officer that was in touch with their higher being. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I barely know regular niggas on the street. Neither that's... do I. <laughs> yeah, so, do I. So the police officers <laughs> believing in the occurrence is slim to none. I know my man's was shook because as a person who entertains spirits, I still get shaken after an experience. Imagine if you're a person who doesn't believe. Because possession is a whole different thing. No matter how spiritual you are. That shit would have you feeling like maybe you were dreaming. Maybe that mm-hmm. shit did not happen. So that's what Dr. Truett thought. Him and his wife decided not to discuss it further. Well, the spirit wasn't having that. And she was pissed. <laughs> she came back one night. She what? said, "Yeah, she said, why you ain't go to the police? Not her coming back. Came back. Why you ain't go to the police? He was like, I I can't go to the police. What you mean? I told you who killed me. I told you he killed me when he came to my house to fix my TV. I told you he killed me. Why can't you go to the police? He was like, I I mean I'm gonna need evidence. If the police ask me more questions, they gonna just think I did it. She was like, look." When he killed me, he took some jewelry from me, right? And the jewelry real special. My daddy gave it to my mama. And he got it from France when he gave it to her. So, it's really unique jewelry. He took it and gave it to his girlfriend. Go to the police and tell him I told you this. 
And if they need you to verify this jewelry belongs to my father, I have four names and four numbers right now. I'm giving them to you. Imagine a spirit telling you to get your pen and paper out. After she made him promise to go to the police, he had to promise before she left. I don't want to come back. I would be scared at that. Oh my God. <laughs> so because you coming, you coming back and forth like that willingly. Uh, uh, I, I just, I'm sending this as a, I don't know who said this. But y'all need to figure this out. <laughs> don't want to look crazy. Uh, don't look like a suspect. So... Mm-hmm. But I don't want a spirit visiting me a third time. Mm-mm. And I think what makes it funny is the fact that everybody described her as like this demure, soft-spoken, very sweet lady. And the fact that she bucking as a spirit. Mm-mm. No, I ain't come to this country to lose my name and my life. Y'all my, family, my family is rich. Listen, but if you think about that, right? I was a good person. Yeah. God, can't you handle it? Why I gotta go back and handle it? <laughs> But Dr. Chu told his wife again, like, hey, bro, you ain't, you ain't playing, you ain't killed her, you killed her, you killed her? <laughs> she was like, no, nigga, he was like, okay, well, she came back, and this is what the fuck she said, like, so, we gotta go to the police. Unsure of how he was going to be received, Dr. Chu called the Evanston Police Department, the police department called Detective Statula. A spatula if you're nasty uh, The lead detective of the case And it was like yo you need to talk to this Witness it's this person that you need To talk to and they was like oh he witnessed it Like he was there like what the fuck he was like Well not that kind of witness Okay like did he get like a second hand Well not that kind of witness So what kind of witness is this Is a tip Yeah let's go with tip let's go with the tip I had to interview a tip and somebody else came and He was like nah I think you want to interview this tip Saw him and his partner done drove on down to the little outskirt where Dr. Chu and them live at, whatever. And they took the account. They, like, listened to him. And, of course, they're a little dismissive in a condescending way. It was when he was like, but, bruh, she came back. And he was like, she came back. So, you telling me your wife was possessed two times? And he was like, yes. And she gave me this information. So he took the statement and assured Dr. Chua that he was going to go ahead and look into it because, I mean, what the fuck else he got to lose? He ain't got no leads. The case been cold for seven months now. Like, might as well just do whatever I can. And if you listen to my very first episode, Religion Can't Save You, they semi-solved that case because I still believe it was a not cloudy conclusion. Still believe it ain't all the way there. Um, that was solved by a bitch named Bubbles, and Bubbles had a dream. Bubbles had a dream and told the police And the police went with it and they solved the case So clearly police is mad lazy around here Especially in the 70s, 80s They were just listening to any fucking body around here And that makes me wonder Because bitches was taking the acid And LSD heavy Shrooms was popping back then And you're listening to bitches with dreams <laughs> Oh well listen that's that's a plant that lives on, okay? Mm-hmm. It doesn't give you hallucinations. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it might connect you to your higher being or it can just make you a higher being. <laughs> First, the spirit revealed, like we said, who the initials AS belong to. So they went ahead and went to the hospital to look for AS. Apparently, he was fired due to job performance. The police decided to go question Allen at his apartment. 
And it was like, you know, what's your alibi? Like, what you was doing? And he was like, oh, nothing. I was, you know, leaving work and stuff like that. And it was like, well, we got a tip that you had fixed the TV in Teresita's apartment. I did. I had went over there to go fix the TV. But I had the tools to fix it. So I just came home. I mean, my girl was having an electrical issue, and I need to go fix that first because she's pregnant. So I need to make sure she's good, and I can come back for the TV. Mm. And it was like, okay, all right. Um, can you come down to the station with us? Like, can we just ask you some more questions? Niggas was dumb. You feel me? He was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna put this out there. He was not fucking what? arrested. No. They asked him. You can come down to the station with us. We just want to ask you some more questions. He said yes. Now it's the 70s. I know niggas is not as outspoken as we are now. Niggas know they rights now. No, the fuck I will not. Mm-hmm. Can I walk in your house? It's like, no, the fuck you cannot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got a warrant? Let me see paperwork. So he went down to the station. And they started poking holes in his electrical issue story, right? One of the detectives was like, hey, hold on real quick. Let me, let me put you on pause. Because they need to regroup. They was like, okay, we lead in this interview off of what a ghost told another person. We need to take control of this. We need to figure out, like, the ghost said he gave jewelry to the girlfriend. Let's just go ask for the jewelry. So they go to the house. And they was like, hey, my man told me that you had an electrical issue. You need the help. And she was like, who? Alan? That nigga can't fix no fucking electrical issue. No. He was like, are you saying that he's not handy? No. That nigga can't barely hold a fucking screwdriver. He wouldn't even know the difference between the screwdrivers if you asked him. And so they was like, but he was at Teresita's house to fix the TV. Did it get fixed? Did it get fixed? No, it did not get fixed. They was like, at this point, this nigga a liar. So they was like, hey, has he given you any jewelry lately? And she was like, yeah, he gave me some Christmas presents. Shawty was wearing it. She was wearing a necklace. She had on one of the rings. Mm. Can we get you to come down to the station with us? But what they did was, them four people that the ghost had given Dr. Chua called them and said can you come down to the station we need to see if you can identify some jewelry so by the time like they were walking in with the girlfriend the relatives were there to identify the jewelry oh that's that is it that's that is it at that moment they went back and they go ahead and confiscate the jewelry clearly went back into the interview cause remember the nigga was on pause dumbass nigga you not arrested you could have just left so can you tell us how you got this jewelry? And he was like, I got that for my girlfriend. But this Teresita jewelry. So he decided to confess. Now I, I am hearing that it wasn't as easy as like, yeah, man, yeah. Fuck it, y'all got me. It wasn't like that. They had to keep prying him. They was like, if you don't confess to this crime, your pregnant girlfriend in there gonna go to jail as an accessory to murder because mm. she's wearing the dead woman's jewelry. Because you know, accessory after the mm. fact is a real thing. Yeah. They had pressured the man into confessing. I don't know if I said that right, but y'all know what I'm trying to say. I spelled, I can spell it. Um, it's coercion. When you be trying to force somebody to do something that you want. Like, it's a different type of manipulation. Like, you really trying to force them to get the exact replica of this outcome. So, they went to trial off that confession. When they got to trial, he was this close to getting off. Because, technically, they didn't have nothing on him. No blood. No fingerprints. No clothes found in his fucking house. Nothing that technically connected him to being at the house. No, no written appointment. 
but they declared it a mistrial. He decided, though, before they went to a second trial, that the jig was fucking up. Let me just go ahead and fucking admit that I murdered Teresita. And then maybe they'd be more lenient on me. The theory wasn't far off. The judge only sentenced him to 14 years for murder. You know what's crazier than the fact that he got sentenced only 14 years in prison? He literally only served less than seven. He was released in 1983. What? Overcrowding, good behavior, not much of a threat. Justice was served, but not adequately. No hard evidence, so the case was lucky to be tried. I mean, a woman who proclaimed to be possessed by the dead woman's ghost was the key witness. But something in the milk ain't clean, right? I do have a little bit of a cloudy conclusion. So, I'm not skeptical of this case being true or so. But, like, my side-eye spirit was actually pretty strong when learning about Remy. Why Why did she choose Remy? If you gonna come back, who would you choose to possess to go to the police? Would you go to your work, bestie? Or would you go to, like, like the people who can identify your jewelry? Hey, bitch. You know that jewelry that my papa gave me? A nigga done took that when he killed me. Go to the police. Tell them my jewelry missing. They'll find it and go from there. Why did she pick Remy? Like, does Remy seem like the most prime person? Even Remy wasn't even the last person she spoke to. The last person she spoke to was Ruth. Why would you go possess Ruth? Like, hey, bitch, you remember the, the nigga I told you that was coming to the house? That's the nigga that killed me. Go tell the police. Why Remy? I don't believe Remy all the way. Like, something about her is a little fishy. And, I mean, I know they be like, don't hate the messenger, hate the message. But, like, it ain't the message I have a problem with. I I just, Remy just wasn't the right messenger for me. Her and Alan then had a few spats at the job, you know. And one of those interactions eventually caused the termination of Alan. Like, how the bitch that got me fired, the one who pinpointed me as the person for this murder? Right. So, it's a little odd. And it was later said that Alan had done some bragging around the job, you know, soon after the murder. Like, yeah, I got my girl this this nice-ass necklace. But remember, the dreams ain't come to six months later. So, the nigga was bragging around the job. Why Remy ain't go to the police? If If you such a good friend... Why you ain't go to the police? Because did you not recognize the jewelry? Was she, look, was she messing with Alan? Mm-hmm. They don't even say why they had beef for real. I'm just saying, who's to say Remy didn't commit the crime herself? And then framing Alan would make it easier for her to get away with the crime, but she ain't fuck with him. There was no record of discord between Alan and Teresita. Like I said, only Remy. And if you want to give Remy the benefit of the doubt, I mean, we could just look into the fact that her husband could have did it. I mean, if I know I'm having bad dreams, but I really don't know what kind of bad dreams I'm having, and you telling me that I'm getting possessed by a spirit, I might look at you like you're fucking stupid too. Like, nigga, shut up. Yeah. What you going through? And you the one getting all these details. <laughs> How I know you ain't killed this bitch? I just would have preferred Teresita killing the nigga herself. Why couldn't you have set it up in some dramatic ass way? You feel me? Like, killed the nigga. The police get called to the nigga house. You wrote the message in blood. Oh, I'm avenging my death and this is the spirit type shit. Passing it on 
to a person who don't know how to play telephone the right way. Mm-hmm. Message get all construed wrong. It definitely does. <laughs> I just I would prefer some more dramatics. This is sounding a little too paranormal activity to me. It sounded like the seventies scary movies that they said was mad scary, but by the time we watched them in the two thousands, like this mm-hmm. shit weak as fuck, like Carrie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> I just got hyped up so much since then I seen that movie and I'm like, so where's mm-hmm. the scary part right now? The blood at the prom. It was just the it was literally the blood at the prom. The blood at the the whole movie and it took the blood at the prom and literally oh, a overhyped oh, ass movie. Man, and no. then they did a remake, sucked even more. <laughs> I would have just enjoyed a little bit more dramatics. Yeah. I am an Aries, so who's to say that's not related? Kill him. Kill him all the way. Mm-hmm. Make the police gonna save his life, and say, "Oh, well, I was getting high. The spirit came and ch- choked me." Give me some drama. It's even been revealed that the police admitted to coloring the picture in just to round it out to fit the pieces of the puzzle that wasn't fitting. Mm-hmm. But just like that, a cold case is now a solved case, and the spirit of the slain was the person who solved it. Imagine the police being so inadequate You gotta leave your lit ass heaven To help these niggas on earth do their job Like damn god You ran out of sense and competence When creating these niggas Is it truly easy for me to parlay down there myself Instead of you giving them the tools Like me and god have had a good long talk Because I came here to rest And that's it So I posed a question for my followers with no context and I had to ask do you believe in or have you experienced a paranormal activity like a spirit communicating with you or someone you know I'm Shantiri responded yes I believe in it simply because we are spiritual beings just in a body and that's on period Roman 11 said, I very much do, and I experience them about every day almost. We need to talk some more because you need to tell me how these start and how they happen. Unruly C said, Nah, you might need the help if you communicating with the dead. Sounds like another one of those unenlightened niggas I was talking about. Brother Sunflower was telling me how both her aunt and her dad often visits her. Um, when she needs to make a serious decision and needs a little bit of guidance, she starts smelling her father around her. And I think that's a beautiful thing because just knowing that someone that loves you so much is protecting you at all times. And her aunt was the creative one in the family, so her hands will hurt every time it's time for her to try something new. And it pushes her in a creative direction. I have a small story about being visited by spirits. Um, One of many, but here's one. Me and my cousin, I have a twin cousin. We look exactly alike, and we're like fourth cousins. (laughs) So one day, my twin cousin and I were at my job, and she had her son, my nephew, with her. And he was about four years old, very lively, energetic, sweet smart boy and he was playing with his cars and of course he's talking 
laughing, joking with himself. Um, but you know, he was saying his invisible friend was with him. And of course he doesn't say his invisible friend. He actually called the invisible friend his cousin. And he was like, I'm playing with my cousin, I'm playing with my cousin. So they're playing <laughs> and it was a moment where his car got locked into a room that had a door and the door was locked and he was like she took my car she won't give my car back and we was like what do you mean she took your car like she ran in the room and she took my car and she won't let me come get it so we went to the door and it was locked and i was like what the hell so i went to go find my keys so i can unlock the door to get his car that's all i was really trying to do um, but by the time we came back with my keys, the door is open and he was playing with his car inside the room. He was like, she gave it back. She was just kidding. So me and his mom were like, tell us more about your friend. Like, who is she? And he was like, my cousin. She's my little cousin. And we was like, what? Who are you talking about? Mind you, he doesn't have any little cousins at this moment. He has older cousins. But it was two weeks later that I had a dream of a sweet silly little girl and she had a car in her hand she had like this pretty curly hair brown eyes pretty chocolate skin and I was like oh she's so cute a week later I found out I was pregnant and from that moment I just knew it had to be the little girl he was playing with because in the dream she was playing with the car and Carter came out beautiful with the big brown eyes and the curly hair and the pretty brown skin. I am blessed to be surrounded by the spirits of my grandmother and my uncle and even more in tune with my side to know that I was able to bring in a spirit into her body form. Thank you guys for listening and make sure you follow me on IG, Anchor.fm, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts at Cloudy Conclusions.